What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Let's go to Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6. We're not going to finish today, but my gift to you for this Christmas is that next Sunday, we will finish Song of Songs unless something happens of which we say the Lord's will. Also, next Sunday, um, there's going to be some PG-13 language, and it's not my fault. It is written. Now, some of you are like wanting to read Song of Songs now, but anyway. And so the ending part gets a little, uh, right? So those students that are 12 and under, I would recommend them not coming, uh, but we're just, we have to stay true to the text, and so um, that's next Sunday. So hopefully we get the word out. Um, <clears throat> we are at the end of this book, and I highly encourage you to um, keep this book as a, a prayer before you and the Lord. We have seen... Um, the, this, this bride that was insecure, so insecure in chapter one, she's like, do not look at me. And now she's in chapter eight. And this chapter just displays her maturity and her growth as she's convinced in the love of God. In fact, you see the scripture, which we'll get into next week. I, in his eyes, I'm like one who finds peace. There's nothing but peace in his eyes as he gazes upon me. She's convinced of his love. And a lot of it have to do, had to do with chapter 4, affirmation. Chapter 7, affirmation. <coughs> Where she has received what he has said about her. You are my dove. You are my perfect one. There is no flaw in you. There's no flaw in you, my beautiful bride. Oh, with one glance, with one glance of your eyes, it ravishes my heart. Would you just turn away from me, my beautiful bride? And he poured out his affection and his love. And in chapter 8, she's mature. She's received it. And this is where we are in chapter 8, verse 6, where she's crying out with a prayer to God. She's crying out with a prayer to her king. She's responding with this prayer. And we're going to talk about this prayer today in verse 6 and verse 7 of Song of Songs 8. But before we do, let us pray. Father, we acknowledge, we acknowledge that you are here with us right now because we believe what Jesus said. When two or three are gathered in my name, then I am with them. And so we just say, yes, Lord Jesus. Would you come, God, 
and move upon our lives today? Would you come and open up our ears so that we hear what the Spirit is saying? Would you just put your hand on our heart again so that it becomes good soil, so that when the Word comes, Lord, it will penetrate, God, and push out what doesn't belong. We agree with this prayer. Would you set us as a seal upon your heart? Would you set us as a seal upon your arm? Your love, oh God, is as strong as death. Its fierceness, its jealousy is as strong as the grave. Many waters cannot quench your fiery love, God. Would you come and burn in us and do in us what we cannot do? For our hope is in your love being poured out. Our hope is in your love, God. And let this prayer, God, let this prayer be a consistent cry of our heart to you, our kinsman, redeemer, the lover of our soul. For we are your church. and We are your bride. That you purchase with your precious blood. May we rest in that now as we receive from your holy word. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. I encourage you to 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 really meditate on six and seven. There's powerful, powerful prayers. But the reason why we're just doing this today is because I really want us to understand what we're asking for. Uh, I also want us to understand that there's false doctrines in the church that can cause deception. And so we want the word of God to awaken us some of us may have slipped into some deception and that's okay because it happens from time to time but ultimately the holy spirit inside of you is going to lead you and guide you into all truth because you belong to christ ultimately god's going to bring you out of that because you're his beloved and so set me as a seal upon your heart. Song of Songs 8 verse 6. Set me as a seal upon your arm. You see twice the word seal is there. I want you to turn to Esther chapter 8 verse 8 please and always keep your place because we're going to be coming back. We're going to be coming back to this passage. Jeremy if you could throw up the picture of the ring for me. Esther chapter 8 verse 8 and the queen the queen comes before the king the bride of Christ comes before the king that has a ring right everything points to Jesus and his bride and so this picture was a story a real story but ultimately everything points to Jesus and so here's what happened in this story you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. Language is important. The language used here is very important because the language of the New Testament is speaking of what's written here. That we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? It means that you're sealed by the king and it cannot be broken. 
It cannot be revoked. This, 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 this seal of a king is like a signature that we would use today. A king's seal was sacred. It spoke of his word or his guarantee. It was backed up by all the power and the might of that king. The seal spoke of the king's ownership, his protection, his authority. Even if someone in the king's court opened the seal and the document that was sealed would be broken, that person would lose his life. You do not break the king's seal. The king's army fully backed up the king's seal. Breaking a royal seal was a serious crime, usually the death penalty. Why does that matter? When you come to Romans 8, towards the end, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. No angel, no demon, no sin. Nothing, nothing in all creation. And nothing, that means you too. That means you too. Let's go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 1, 22, please. And the reason why we turn to places is so that you can highlight them in your Bible or if you use a phone on your phone, so that they become important passages to you. Now, you don't have to highlight them, but I would. And also, when you highlight them, obviously, you can put Esther 8.8, 8, you can put Ephesians 1.13, and you can put, where did I tell you to turn? 2 Corinthians 1.22. Why? Because all of those passages deal with what we're talking about. And we're building biblical doctrine that life can be built upon. We get in danger with the church when we pull scriptures out and we just kind of make a doctrine off of one passage or scripture. This is why it's important that we understand the whole counsel of scripture. So 2 Corinthians 1.22, it says, And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit with a capital S in our hearts as a guarantee. Jesus the King has sealed us. And again, in context, right, of Song of Songs 8, 6, she's like, seal me, seal me, seal me. In the New Testament is the fulfillment of the cries of the Old Testament. David in Psalm 51, please don't take your Holy Spirit of me because in the Old Testament, when you sinned, you could lose the Holy Spirit. We see that when King Saul, the Holy Spirit came on King Saul, but then King Saul, it left him. And David sinned against Bathsheba and he's crying out in Psalm 51, please don't take your Holy Spirit. But the New Testament's different. When we become born again, born of the Holy Spirit, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is sealed with the king's ring and nothing can break it. Nothing can break it. Nothing can break it. And this is why I'm preaching so hard this morning. The stool's not up here. I don't know. Maybe that was the Lord. My shoes are off. We're on holy ground. The king is here, 
right? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, King Jesus. The king reigns. And if anybody touches the king's kids, property, stuff, ooh. Somebody broke our window at our office a few years ago on 17th and Tamron. Smashed it, threw a rock in it. Our cross was right there. They threw a rock right in the window. I felt like that was a demonic situation that happened. So I gathered Pastor Stephen, right? Yeah, it was you, bro, I think. I gathered a couple of my homies and we got together and we said, God, forgive this person who has sinned against your house. We forgive him when we release him in Jesus' name. And not only that, God, there's a fear now because vengeance is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. And so knowing the terror and the fear of the Lord when you touch the Lord's anointed. Oh, God, please have mercy on him. Please have mercy on him. Because you didn't treat me like my sins deserve. You had mercy on me. Have mercy upon him. And so my anger, my anger, my anger, it's gone. It's the Lord's. Because of the cross, God's anger towards you is gone. It's gone. And this is the danger that we're warned about in Matthew chapter 18. When we don't release people, when we hold bitterness and anger against them, man, it it hurts us. It hurts us. It traps us. But the true Christian will always forgive his enemies and will always bless his enemies. Why? Because a true Christian understands, oh man, if they don't repent, they're going to have to pay for what they did to me. And that's a fearful thing. If somebody steals from me, oh boy, I'm afraid for you. I've got that ring security system. Oh, that was pretty good, wasn't it? That wasn't in my notes. If it was good, it came from God. Don't get it twisted. God's funny. Oh, man, that's the title. Ring security system. Anyway, so, like, guys, we've been sealed by the ring of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I want you to turn to Ephesians 1.13, please. And again, these are verses that you need to memorize because here's how the enemy attacks. Here's how he attacked me when I was young in my faith. I believed that Jesus Christ was Lord. I I, I trusted him in my salvation. I put my faith in him. I said, God, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I am worthy of your punishment. I'm worthy of your wrath and your judgment on my life because I'm a sinner through and through. Would you please have mercy on me? Would you please save me? Would you please forgive me? I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I surrender all because I can't do life apart from you. That was my cry to the Lord. And he heard my cry, but guess what? I still had some attachments to pornography and so even though I said that with all my heart I would went back to my filth like a dog returning to the vomit and the enemy could come now because he's the accuser of the brethren oh look at you you're not really saved 
And I would begin to believe that. So I'd go to church the next Sunday and go forward. Go to church the next Sunday, go forward. Why? Because I had a false gospel thinking that I'm saved by grace through faith, but I got to keep it by my obedience. That's a works-based salvation. And so Ephesians 13 became very important to me. Just like 2 Corinthians 1.22, just like Song of Songs 8.6 should be important to us. It is our cry. But see, the Old Testament cries for Yeshua, the Messiah. The New Testament says, yes, God, you are our cry, but you are with us now. Ephesians 1.13, in him. In who? In him. Christ. Christ. When you also heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him. Does it mean you go to church? Does that mean you're baptized? Does that mean you did anything else? No, it doesn't mean anything like that. It says when you believed in him, what happened? You are sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, capital H, capital S, the third person of the Trinity, who is the guarantee. Remember what we said. The king's ring represented a guarantee. It's guaranteed. It's backed by the king. Until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Our inheritance, guys, on the other side, it's guaranteed by the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When I tell staff that come to work for us at Bowdown Church and Urban Youth Impact, hey, listen, we can't pay you a lot here because we're a nonprofit, but you will get paid when you die. If your heart's right. Our inheritance is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. I want you to, to uh, go ahead. Since um, Let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians 11. You're like, Chris, why couldn't we just do that while you're in 1 Corinthians? Uh, anyway, chapter 1 of Corinthians. But let's go 2 Corinthians 11. And this is, this is why I want to just lay at your feet this morning. <clears throat> Again, Holy Spirit, help us, help us, help us. 2 Corinthians eleven three. it says, but I'm afraid. And Paul's writing to the saints. He's writing to the church. He's writing to the believers. I'm afraid, 2 Corinthians eleven three, that the serpent, as the serpent deceived Eve, By his cunning. So sometimes things sound good. It sounds good. How, how did Eve, the, 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 the apple, I don't know if it was an apple, but anyway, the, 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 the fruit, it looked good. And it was good to the eyes. And the, did God really say did God really say the questioning of God, the questioning of God's word? The conversation was about with Eve and, 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 and the enemy while Adam was standing right there being passive. It was about the command of God. 
understand when Matthew chapter 4, Satan is using scripture on Jesus. He quotes Psalm 91. Hey, jump off, man. His word says his angels will, they're going to guard you. They're going to guard you, man. Jump, jump, Jesus. And Satan's using God's word. Listen, church, if I can, I can be under deception, this is why the elders are needed. This is why the body of Christ is needed. A couple of months ago, Pastor Stephen Hamilton came to me and said, hey, this doctrine of yours, da 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 and we're having a conversation. Now, he wasn't like a lot of people that leave the church and have a conversation in bad mouth, you know. He came right too. Why? Because he loves me. And he spoke the truth in love, and we talked about it. And we were able to come together on it. And our relationship became stronger because of it. And so, listen, this is why I need the church. I'm preaching, but I need the church, and we need the elders. We need the elders. Why? Because the body of Christ, Christ is the head of the body. I'm not the main teacher. Jesus is the main teacher. Jesus is the senior pastor. I'm a, I'm a fellow elder with the elders. And we submit to one another in love. And so this is why it's very, very dangerous for those that are probably watching YouTube this morning. Hey, hey, get to a church. All 12 of you. And my mom. Hey, mom, I love you. She watches faithfully. We need one. You, gotta, you have to be in a body of Christ. You test the word of God through the community of believers. Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit fell on, on Paul, on Barnabas, the group there fell. And hey, here's what I want you guys to do. Then it says that it seemed good to the elders. They tested that word from the Holy Spirit. We've got a junior high, high school, junior high Christianity. Oh, I got this word from the Lord. I'm going, brother. And I don't test it with anybody. Listen, that to me is very dangerous. I want to test my stuff because it's, it's my stuff. And that's why 1 Thessalonians 5, it, it tells the church, don't despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Why? Because a lot of it's not going to be good. Why is it not going to be good? Because of you and me. We think we're always right. There's an arrogance and a pride that happens when we think we got the special doctrine on the shelf and everybody else is wrong. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything. And I cling to God's word. Oh, God, if you need, if you if you, Holy Spirit, if, if you do not lead me and guide me into all truth, like Jesus said, I, I, I'm going to come under deception. There's not a fear that 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 there's going to happen. Like I'm I'm like uh, afraid all the time. But there's a humility from the standpoint of I need you. I need the elders. I need the church body. 
Okay, back to 2 Corinthians 11. I'm afraid that the serpent deceived, that, that as the serpent deceived Eve, by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit, that's a small s, by the way, from the one you received. Hold on a minute. Think about that, church. You can have the Holy Spirit, but you can be deceived as a Christian by demonic spirits. And you need to be aware of that. You need to humble yourself. Humble yourself. If you accept a different gospel from the one you accept it, you put up with it readily enough. There's a different gospel that can creep in the church, and one of them is... It's a works-based salvation where it depends on your works, not on what Christ has done. I want you to leave your place here, and let's turn to Ephesians 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2. So, you're going to memorize a, 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 uh, <clears throat> a verse today, praise God, and... Um, and it's going to be this verse here that we're in. Why? Because it's so foundational to our faith. It's so foundational to who we are as Christians. And um, I'm also, for the rest of this, I'm going to need you to kind of, we're going to do some like old school liturgy kind of stuff, okay? So when I say for, you say, by grace you have been saved through faith. Let's try that a couple times. For... For, for, good, golfers got that one. And this is not of your own doing. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of your work so that no one may boast. God desires no flesh glory in his presence. He saves you. His salvation is final. It's complete. You don't add to it. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The thief on the cross, he wasn't baptized. He never went to church. He didn't say the sinner's prayer either. But in his heart... He was mocking God at one time, and he changed, which is a kind of repentance, and he humbles himself and says, will you remember me? That's a posture of need. That's a posture of humility. That's a posture of turning. By grace, you've been saved. For I want you to remember that, but turn to Galatians chapter 2, please. Say, I'm sealed. Yeah, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Sealed. 
by the king, by the king of kings and lord of lords, and nothing, 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 nothing can break that seal. Christian, nothing. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. Justified, this is easy to remember. Just as if I've never sinned. Just as if I've never sinned. That's a fancy word. Justified means just as if I've never sinned. We're justified not by works of the law, but through what? Faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ in order to be justified by what? Faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. For? For? Listen. If I have to depend on my own works or my own obedience to the law of God, then I'm in very big trouble. I'm in very big trouble. Christ has to live his life through me. I have no hope of obeying Christ apart from Christ. Apart from him, I can do nothing. And Paul, there was a deception in this church. And in fact, Paul says this. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. And he is getting this doctrine down. The book of Galatians is basically for... Verse 1, oh foolish Galatians. Well, that's kind of mean, Paul. Understand, that wasn't Paul. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. Who has bewitched you? Who's bewitched you? Who's deceived you? Remember, that's why, that's why we went to the, the passage in 2 Corinthians about Eve and, and Satan cunning and deceived a different spirit because different spirits can come into the church deceiving the flock of God. This is why church is, is needed, elders are needed to test, to see what's going on. And, and, and when we hear that people actually believe that they can lose their salvation, oh my gosh. Paul calls that person a fool. He calls them bewitched. And it was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Can't receive salvation by works. It's faith alone and what Christ has done. Or you guys feel like you're losing your energy on me. For let's keep going. Verse three. Are you so foolish? So he's saying it again. He's saying it again. 
having begun by the Spirit, capital X, or S, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Okay, I'm saved now. I've got to do all these works now to keep my salvation. Or I've got to be, do all these works now to be a good Christian. No, you are saved by the Holy Spirit coming upon you, coming in you, sealed by the Spirit. Are you now being perfected by the flesh? No. Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. He will finish it. He started it. You will finish with him if you belong to him. Verse 4. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supply the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So here's this church in Galatia. Scholars believe it was 60, 70 years, 70 AD, 60, 70 AD, that this was written to this church. And Paul's saying to them, Paul's not there. He's writing to them and saying, hey, miracles are happening among you guys. Miracles. Who needs a miracle today, by the way? Hmm? So if you need a miracle, by the, by the, just stand up right now. Just stand up by faith. Stand up if you do. Yeah, I'm also lifting up Shane Rye, who's, who's our church member, who he's, he's in a tough season right now, and we're, we're just believing that God, according to his word, um, you know, would, would heal him. We know that, that Jesus healed, that Jesus heals people. And so this is not a, a, a special prayer from the anointed pastor, even though you're all anointed, by the way. This is just reading this passage because sometimes I think, did I fast long enough? Did I, did I, was I a good Christian this week? Am I feel like I'm really walking in the spirit? And what's that depending on? Your works. And so let's just simply quiet our heart before the Lord. Lord Jesus, is there any reason why you wouldn't answer this prayer from your children? Just bring any sin right now, any sin, and I pray that confession would just be done in sincerity in the name of Jesus. Your word declares in 1 John 1.9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so we just thank you for forgiveness, Jesus. And so, Jesus, your word declares that miracles are not done by works of the law. They're not done by us being good, strong Christians. They're not done by because of what we do. They're, they're done because of faith, that we believe, Jesus, that you can heal. We believe, Jesus, that you can work a miracle. 
We believe Jesus, if there's someone far off from God right now, you can miraculously touch their heart, bring them to their needs, and restore a marriage. We believe, Jesus, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is within us. We believe, Jesus, that you can do whatever you want when you want to do it. And so, by faith, by faith, Jesus, and your great power, and your great love, we simply humbly come as little kids asking that you would work a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. We ask, seek, and knock, just trusting that you have promised that everyone who asks receives. Those who seek, find. And, and one who knocks, the door's going to be open. And so those are, that's a big check, God. And so we just simply lay it before your feet, Jesus. And we ask that you would heal, that you would work some kind of miracle, God, in whatever situation our little flock is needing. Whatever your children are, are desiring, that aligns with your will, God. And we just trust you. We trust you, Jesus. Come show yourself strong. We lift up shame. And we ask, God, that you would just touch his body in the name of Jesus. We also lay hands with her, on Herbie today as we're going over, as, as he's in a wheelchair because he was shot and he's crippled and he's paralyzed. Jesus, would you just touch Herbie today as we go pray over his, his life, God, and we cry out for his salvation as well, God, that you would move. Please, Lord, we all are here needing you to miraculously move, Jesus. And we just lay it at your feet we're not trying to work every, anything up in, in emotionalism. It's, it's faith. It's faith that you do things. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If God sin, did something, send me an email or, uh, you know, come let me know after the service. I was reminded of uh, the guy that I went through my ordination process with. I had to listen to all his teachings, uh, Chuck Smith, who founded Calvary Chapels. And um, he was doing a revival, and this lady uh, came up, and, and she was blind. And he was like, oh, man, this is a big one, God. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's funny because... Healing the blind or healing a headache, nothing's big to God. You know what I mean? And so, so he prays for her, and she gets healed. Well, the next uh, night, they're doing this tent revival in the Jesus Revolution in like the 60s, right? And she brings her whole retirement community, everybody with ailments, <laughs> Right? <laughs> And he was trying to remember. It's funny how he tells this story. I was trying to remember how I said the prayer so I could do it again the same way. You know what, what he started to do? Works. 
Why did Jesus heal eyes differently every time? Like spit, mud in the eye, uh, I see trees, okay, I'm going to pray again. So, so he kept on knocking, right? So the trees from the one blind man, and then he kept praying, right? And it opened. So, so every time was different. Why, why, why? I think why? It's because we like systems. We like the works, The works make us feel so good. Look at me. It's like a little kid that does something. Mommy, Daddy, watch again. Look what I did. And we get like that. If God's going to heal somebody today, it's his decision that he's made. If he's not, it ain't happening. He still loves us. And my faith is not in my perfect prayer. And my faith is not in my faith. Because I got a little mustard seed that I say, Jesus, I put my little mustard seed next to you. And I ask that you would carry it. I ask as I stand, my faith is in Christ healing, not in my performance the week before so that healing can come. I don't have time to get into all healing because I know some of you are like, well, what about that passage where your faith has made you well? I, I understand. Let's just stick to the text, though. This isn't about healing. Even though it just was. <laughs> Verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed and it was accounted to him righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham for... Let's do it a couple more times. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You have been. That's past tense. You have been saved through faith. Galatians 3.10. Galatians 3.10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. It is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, it is evident that no one who is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by what? My righteousness comes not from my obedience to the law, but because of Christ's obedience to the law and the finished work on the cross of Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's his obedience that's going to move through me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Christianity is very simple. It's Christ living his life through you. And when we get stuck, we forget about the one who's living in us. Jeremy, put up the hopscotch picture. Some of us are hopscotch Christians, and I'm trying to kill that today. What do you mean, Chris? All right, I asked Jesus to be my Savior, my King, my Lord. I repented. I acknowledge I'm a sinner, and I put my faith in him in the finished work of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit comes in me. But then I go and I cuss out my boss at work under my breath because... I don't want anybody to know I'm not a Christian. 
But after I did that, there's a condemnation that comes over me, and now I'm in square two. Now I'm not saved. Then I go to church. I do some things. All right, I'm doing pretty good. Now I'm on square three. I'm saved again. Hopscotch Christians. What a miserable, cursed life. When you sin, oh no, am I in now? Am I in box two? I just sinned against God. Oh no, I'm not saved anymore. I'm not saved anymore. And then we come and we repent again and we ask Jesus, right? Okay, I'm saved, I'm safe, I'm safe. And then we drift off and do some things we know we should. Oh no, I'm not saved anymore. And we go back and forth like that. I met a guy that went forward like 75 times. There's a church that did altar calls every single time. 75 times. Just why? Why? He was a hopscotch Christian that had a false gospel that believed it depended on his works. Let's go to Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree so that in Christ the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through what? Faith. Faith. For? Hey, way to be bold. Grace, faith. For? Good job. Let's go to Galatians 5, please. Chris, you're going to go through the whole book of Galatians? Maybe. <laughs> I want you to see Paul's strong language. I don't need, if, if I've got to explain what circumcision is to you, um, if you don't know, ask somebody, okay? For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. So what was happening is this church was, was people were coming to Christ, but oh, wait a minute, you gotta, you gotta do these Old Testament uh, uh, law, uh, rituals in order to be saved, right? And so it says that doesn't count for anything, but, but only faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. It's not from Jesus. And then verse 9, listen, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. We have to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, Jesus said. Leaven of the Pharisees? Yeah, those people that push works, works, works. I have confidence in the Lord that you're going to take no other view, and the one who's troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. Let me just say, there should be a fear coming over someone teaching that doctrine. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In this in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Contact circumcision. Paul's like, why don't they just go all the way? This is very, very strong language. You're called to freedom, brothers. You're called to freedom, brothers and sisters. 
Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Let's go to Galatians 6.14. Galatians 6.14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The only thing Paul was boasting in was the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. That's it. Not that he was an apostle. Not that he uh, uh, raised somebody from the dead. Not that he wrote 13 letters. Not that he, only thing, the only thing, the only thing, because he understood God saved a wretch like me, was the cross. It's the cross. It's the cross. Or let's go to Song of Songs eight six. Set me as a seal. King Jesus, upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. She is crying out as a bride for the sealing, the sealing. Again, it's Old Testament. New Testament is because we put our faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We put our faith in the risen King who is alive forevermore. Because we've acknowledged that we've sinned against a holy God and we deserve wrath. We deserve the cross. Watchman E says this the cross is an estimation of my life. I'm a rebel through and through. But she's in the Old Testament. Please seal me. Please seal me. Please seal me. Why did she ask for a seal? Was she doubting his faithfulness? Was she doubting his character? No. Let me submit to you. Christ didn't need to be urged to love her. Christ didn't need to be urged to seal her. She has been on his heart before the foundations of the earth was laid. He loves her perfectly through and through. And I don't think that she was doubting his love. She understood her weakness. That's why I want the seal. She understood the unfaithfulness in her own heart. Christian, are you convinced that you are unfaithful through and through apart from Christ? We are weak, we are frail. The Bible says that all we are like sheep, we go astray, each one to our own way. But yet God in his grace laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. We deserve punishment. 
In, in Isaiah, it says that our righteousness, our righteousness, the things that we do apart from Christ, they're like filthy rags. And that Hebrew word there was used for the ladies thing that happens once a month. And so I want you to understand something. Filthy rags. That's what we bring to the table. And that's why it's by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not what we do. She knew that she needed him to seal her because she was unreliable. Like Peter, we've denied Christ how many times? And she wants to be sealed with his seal. And so, Christian, listen, do you have an ongoing posture or conscience that is convinced that you can do nothing on your own and there is nothing but fruitfulness that you can expect by your own efforts, that if he doesn't do it through you, it's not going to happen. Is there this dependency? Is there this humility? Is there this, this? It's why Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 3. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means I cannot do anything apart from God. I can't save my myself I can't repent I can't repent the father's working and I've got to respond to the Holy Spirit I've got to respond to the drawing of God that's why Jesus says no one comes to me unless the father draws and so this father is drawing he's drawing he's drawing because he desires that none should perish but that all may have eternal life his heart is love god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life and so god is drawing he's drawing he's drawing but there's people they taste the goodness of god like it talks about in hebrews 6 They understand the goodness of God. They, they actually taste it. Our ministry uh, did two different Christmas stores yesterday. Absolutely free gifts to a lot of people. And in here, in this room, it was packed. The gospel was proclaimed. Free gifts, love, free, Jesus loves you. I preached the gospel. There was a tasting of the goodness of God. But when you taste something, you can spit it out. This is why scripture says, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. And so there's a response. This response, this response, this faith of turning. But it's God's grace that's doing the bigger work. This Holy Spirit is drawing. If you're not saved today, your heart is probably pounding within you. Am I in or am I out? Have I really, really given my, 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 my life to Jesus? Have I really repented? Meaning I'm convinced that I'm a sinner through and through. And Jesus, if you don't save me, I know exactly where I'm going. 
you walk with that conscience, that posture. My dependence is on his sealing, the sealing of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1.13, not in my keeping of the law. I want you to look at Song of Songs 8.6 again. I want you to see something here. The heart, set me as a seal upon your heart. The heart, the heart is the seed of love. And the seal is hidden because it's on the inside. But the arm, the arm, it represents strength, strength. And it's public because the seals on the arm were on the outside so that people could know, hey, I belong to this person. And so her hope was resting in his great love and his great power. Her hope was not resting in her own strength because she understood how weak she was. That's why in chapter 8, verse 5, it says she came out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved. Why? Because she was convinced that she needed him and she couldn't do it on her own. I want to close here with this. 2 Corinthians 12. Worship team, you can come on up, please. Four. Paul was convinced of this. In fact, he didn't get the miracle he wanted because God, in this context here, sent a messenger of Satan to buffet him. God didn't take the pain away. But look at what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamity. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. God's loving heart holds me. He sealed me with his precious Holy Spirit. 
He's sealed some of you. Rest in the fact that you have been sealed not by not by yourself that you're keeping it. It's the king's authority. It's the king's power. It's the king's guarantee. And he's also put a seal on his arm. It is his strength that is holding you. It's his strength that's holding, not mine. It's like songs that we sing sometimes. It's like, I don't even want to sing anymore about my love for him. I want to be focused on and sing about his love for me, his love for me, because that's way more important. Now, don't walk out of here saying, don't sing songs about how much you love God. No, do that. Express your love. That book of Psalms is full of that. But, but what's more important, my love for him or his love for me? It's his love for me. It's his love for me. So let's bow for, for prayer. Prayer partners, if you can come up forward here. If you need prayer, um, our prayer partners will be up here to pray for you. If you want somebody to agree with the miracle that you prayed for earlier, our prayer partners are here for that. If you've bought into a false gospel and there's been deception that you believe it depends on your works, it's just a very simple thing. Jesus, forgive me for that. Forgive me for thinking I had something to do with my salvation or I have to keep it. I will no longer, I will no longer believe that unless you build the house I labor in vain. So, Jesus, I'm all in with you. Finish your work. You have promised in Philippians 1.6 for me to be confident that he who began a work in you will complete it. God, I can't complete it. I'm not strong enough. I can't complete it. I'm no good. I'm no bueno. I'm not good enough to do that. You've got to do it. Hebrews chapter 12, God, I just confess. I confess my hope is in you. You are the author and you are the finisher of my faith. I can't finish what you have started. I've been saved by your grace. That's where my faith lies. I stand in your grace. Lord, if there's anybody here today that if they were to die while driving home and stand before you and they don't know where they would go, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that they would make their calling and their election sure, that they would begin to work out their salvation with a fear and with a trembling because your word declares it's appointed for a person to be born, to die, and then the judgment. We will all stand before you, a righteous judge. 
and have to give account. And so God, if there is someone that is here that is unsure whether or not they're in or not, I pray today, today, they would put their faith in you, Jesus. And they would, by faith, surrender their life to you. We love you, Lord. Help us to celebrate this season where you broke into a corrupt world and you gave your only son who came in a humble form of a baby in a manger because you came to rescue a people that were deserving of wrath. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love that never fails, God. Set us as a seal upon your heart a seal upon your arm. We thank you, Jesus, that you've sealed us. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.